1: I'm going to continue this message God wants me to stick on this message for a, a, a while because many people do not understand what it means to build and how to build or how to create a thing that will last for time and eternity. Um, and we've been looking at this scripture and we've been stuck on this scripture um, in the book of Luke chapter 6 and as much as I try to get away from it I always find myself uh, coming back to it because I think it's just so much the bedrock of our lives and of our future and it's a place that is so much ignored the most and the bible says in the book of luke chapter 4 and verse 46 uh, to 49 he says why do you call me lord lord and do not practice uh, all that i tell you he says everyone who comes to me and listens to my word and then obeys them (laughs) i will show you whom he is like He is like a far-sighted, practical, and sensible man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. Can you see that? And when a flood occurred, and when the torrent burst against that house, and yet, look at what the Bible says, could not shake it because it had been securely built and founded on the rock. But the one who has merely heard and has not practiced this thing you've got to put into practice, this is the thing that is killing Christianity. People don't want to practice the word. You've got to put it into practice, guys. You've really got to put this into practice. If you're saying God is your healer and you're never walking to a place where you can see that God can heal you in a situation, you're not putting it into practice. If, if God says to you that you should live a life that is pleasing to him and you don't put it into practice, you don't practice. If these guys don't practice, the music will be, uh, will, 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 will be devalued. The music will be of, 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 of no consequence in the things that want to do. If someone will be singing on key F while they're playing on key G, it, 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 it comes by practice. He says, but, he, but the one who merely cares and has not practiced, what I say is like a fool, foolish man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And that's what many people are doing today. Uh, and it says, but there's also the same situation that will come. It will rain, the torrent will burst, and it, the Bible says immediately collapse. And the ruin of that house was great. And as a matter of introduction, we've gone through, uh, create to build, and, 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 and I did say that God is calling us to two things. We've got to listen and we've got to obey. Jesus said that your future is sealed and settled when you listen and you obey. And I spent a lot of time on that last week. And I said obeying is different from listening because you can listen and not practice and not do it. And then I said this to Pentecostal Christians and sometimes I say we Pentecostal rascals because we just like to do what we want to do, not what God wants us to do. And then we go into what is called fasting and praying. Fasting and praying will never deliver to you what obedience will. It is a waste of energy where there is disobedience and you're fasting and praying. God wants you to forgive your your colleague. God wants you to forgive your mom, forgive your dad, forgive your brother, forgive your sister, forgive people around you, and then you won't listen to that. And then the church calls for a time of fasting and praying. You won't forgive your husband, and the church calls for a fasting and praying. You will not forgive your children. The church calls for a fasting and praying, and then you get excited and you say, Master, Master, Takatala, Tatalida, etc. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. You would, you, 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 in fact, you will be eating well. In fact, you will be eating good food than fasting if you obey God. And it's those little things in obedience that starts to eradicate the move of God upon our lives. Having a listening ear and an obeying heart, then we can build on the following things. We cannot build these things and I started to explain how we should build and then God rebuked me uh, and told me to go back that no, nothing can be created And nothing can be built that would ever last if it is not based on the foundation of listening and obeying. And when we start to listen and obey as we build, then the following things are put into action. If you are going to create anything to last, I said this three weeks ago, number one, you've got to recognize the master builder. You've got to recognize that Jesus is the one who builds. And he would teach us how to build by the Holy Spirit that he sent to us. Number two, I said, you've got to regard the pattern of the master builder. You've got to regard the pattern. Not only do you recognize him, but how exactly does he want you to build? What are the blueprints? What, are the, what is the vision? What are the timelines? What are the seasons? God wants to show us that if it's going to last in your home or your family, you've got to regard him and you've got to recognize him. And number three, I'm going to give it to you today and I hopefully can do three and four, is you've got to retain the virtue of patience. You've got to retain the virtue of anything that you're building. If you're impatient, it will collapse. The Bible says that the wise man is far-sighted, Meaning, what I'm building today is not for today. It is for tomorrow. What are you building? Many of you are sitting down at home. You're watching me. What exactly are you building? Are you building for today or are you building for tomorrow? Am, am I eating for today or am I eating for tomorrow? Mm-hmm. 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 Hey, because you can eat a lot right now and don't care about your diet. But it makes clear that you are not far-sighted. because there will be a day and a time where everything starts to slow down. What you have done with your body is what will sustain you in times to come. That's why you will see a 90-year-old still able to walk and you will see a 50-year-old bent over. God says that if you're going to build on the rock, it's going to take time and it's going to take patience. Sometimes while building on the rock, it requires patience, it requires waiting. Many people are in a haste, this is the thing, many people are in a haste to see change and their impatience becomes their downfall and the success doesn't last. You want to get into a relationship. I'm I'm going to have to talk to many of us today. You want to get into a relationship. What do you really think is going to happen in that? It takes patience. My wife says this when she's advising young young couples or young ladies. Said when she was about to get married, her mom called her and says the only thing you need for your marriage is patience. No, 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 no. not that people are lucky getting married. Oh, not that they, I, I married my, my, my heart soul. I, I married my soulmates. Were you there when God was creating the other partner? Where did the soul and the mates happen? No. You are soulmates because you have knitted yourself with patience. You are soulmate because you've knitted yourself with perseverance. You've knitted yourself together with being able to build something that will last. God is calling us to a time of patience. Your biggest mistake will always stem from your impatience. We're impatient with our husbands, impatient with our wives, impatient with our friends, impatient with our jobs, impatient with everything that we're doing. We just want to go now. And the thing there is that we never build anything that is lasting. Amazon, Microsoft, Oracle, all these uh, all these things that you're seeing around that you you are buying stuff from them have you ever sat down to ask how they patiently built upon a, a rock and how these things became uh, 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 formidable companies that would even outlast the founder are you is your marriage going to outlast you are your children that is coming behind you are they going to serve the god that you are serving Let me talk to some people right now. The the way we are setting up our families, your children will not last the distance if you're not careful. Things are not going to throw on our laps like that. Yes, maybe someone has 300 followers, but did you really ask how long it took? What they had to do? But everybody wants to get to success just like that. And God says, this thing will not last. It won't last, guys. I'm telling you, these things won't last. Throw your nose up at your parents. Look at them in a very distasteful way. You're coming to where they are coming to. You have no idea what it takes to bring you up. You have no idea what it takes to stomach your irresponsible behavior sometimes and still love you with it. You have no idea how your mom had to stay with your dad regardless of how your dad mistreated your mom. And you are looking at her and saying, if it's in my life, I'm never going to allow that to happen. Let's wait and see. Because not everything that you see is what is being said but we're impatient. Every single thing is a hurry and God is calling us and saying, I don't deal with people like that. Sometimes, listen to me, God will say, be quiet and wait. This is something that Christians actually feel is a taboo because we're now in the name it and claim it culture that's teamed up with the social media media, uh, 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 phenomenon that has now been settled in what we see going around that is called success. We team up with a fast food, fast instant. We stand before inside a microwave and we're pushing the microwave to that it should be quicker than the time that you actually put in there. You put one minute in there and by 30 seconds you're asking this, okay, come on, why is this microwave slow? Slow. You put one minute in there. Too often, the reason why we don't build on solid rocks, why we don't build things that will last, is because many of us, are, we will sacrifice quality for convenience. Many people are sacrificing quality for convenience. We, we, we keep saying to ourselves, we don't have time. And many people don't have time to build relationships. They don't have time to fellowship with God. We're so even impatient in the presence of God. We don't have time for God, to be honest with you. We really don't have time for God. We're so impatient. We we embrace the just do it philosophy. More and more people are sacrificing enduring truth for quick fixes. This may not be a word somebody wants to hear. But it needs to be a world that will change you. And anything that doesn't fall in the parameters of your convenience is not going to happen. I can't come to church and wear a face mask. Why, why should I wear a face mask? Why are they telling us to wear a face mask? Because we just want to do what we want to do. Why do I have to do this? Why do I don't know I have to do this? Because many people are not patient with something called a process. And I'm trying to help somebody who is probably going into business or somebody who is into business, that you've got to give it time to grow. You've got to give your seed time to grow. You've got to give your life time to grow. You've got to give that relationship time to grow. You've got to give it time to grow because if you don't give it time to grow, you will step out prematurely. I just saw my wife right now walk walk, walk up. He was born... December, wasn't it? How quickly has time gone? And he started to grow. Just imagine his parents now say, ah, you should be able to say six times nine right now. Give the boy time to grow. Even you at 40 or 42, don't know six times nine. The mom knows because the mom's an accountant. I believe she knows. But give it time to grow. And it's very funny how we're impatient with other people and we will expect other people to be patient with us. I'm asking you, whatever you're building during this season, if you don't give it time to grow, it is going to die prematurely. Go to give it time to grow. Realize that your gifts may not be revealed immediately, but it will manifest over a period of time. And, 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 and I want to give you two or three things that you need to understand while you're waiting. While your patience needs to keep going on. Number one, you've got to realize that God has a specific plan for you. And he will bring it to pass in his own time. We say in his time he makes all things beautiful. No, patience is just that calm endurance on the certain knowledge that God is in control. Give it time to grow. Worship Tabernacle didn't get to where we are right now. And surely we're in a different season right now. And I also have to learn I've got to give it time to grow. Gotta give it time to grow again. It looks like we're starting from scratch again. We've got to give it time to grow. You've got to give it time to go with who you need to grow with. You've got to give your life time to grow. And you've got to give it time to grow. You know the reason why? It's because God has a specific plan for you. And he is not going to go according to your timetable. He has a timetable for you. Joseph still had to spend time in that jail two years after he thought he could find a way to get out. Patience is that calm endurance that knows that God is in control. God may not respond to you when you think he should, but his his time is always perfect. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8, look at what he says. It's wonderful what the Bible says towards the end of the whole entire scripture. He says, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. For you have a little strength, but have kept my word. And have not denied my name. Did you see that? God says that door is going to be open to you based on the fact that you listened and you obeyed. When you, listen to me carefully, listen to me. When you open the door, you have to walk to keep that door open. When you try to obtain things by yourself, you have got the, you've got to maintain it. When you step into that relationship without the approval of God, you opened the door. You now have to keep that door open. And that is too much of a problem for many of us to carry and, and, and shoulder. But when God opens that door, He opens that door. And no man can shut it. When God anointed David, David didn't go and kill Saul. David wasn't impatient to get onto the throne, but look at what happened to Absalom. Absalom opened the door by himself, sat in front of uh, of, 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 of the the king's way, started cancelling people, started saying people, and started to garnish popularity to himself. It's called an Absalom spirit. And, and, And can I say this? The axolotl spirits are very popular. They're very popular. They become more popular than the incumbent. People will start to follow somebody who is not yet in that authority because they don't know what it takes to be in there. So people were applauding him. He had a long hair. He fit the path. He stood the path. He was built like the path. And he was trying to open the door. And he met a tragic end. I must confess to you. It's only going to take God for me to be in a position where I could kill Saul knowing he's running after my life and that when I kill Saul, I will become king and I will pass that opportunity. Come on. How many? Thank you. Twice. The first time I forgave you. The second time. My dad said this in in, in his African program from his village where he comes from and he was initiated. He said to me, when you're dealing with a snake, please cut his head because if you cut his tail, it will grow back again. So if Saul, I forgave you the first time and then the second time you're still looking after my life, it's best for me to decapitate your head because if I don't decapitate your head, you may get me the third time. But he had patience, which was calm endurance. That God is in control. And that anybody that touches this anointed man, I myself will kill him, which he did. Because he knew that if I'm going to build something, let God open that door. You can't go into somebody else's home and say, You're, you're, you're a shoulder to cry on and steal the husband. You, 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 you can't do that. You you can't go into somebody's home and say, say, I was just there for her. And they say, I don't know how it happened. You don't know how it happened. When you booked the hotel, you didn't know how it happened. When When you took the key. you didn't know how it happened. When you sat down at the bar, you didn't know how it happened. When you said, let's go to the room, you didn't know how it happened. When you slept on the bed, you didn't know how it happened. You didn't know how it happened fool. You did not know how it happened. And can I say this to you? When you steal what is not yours, you have to keep stealing to maintain what you stole. And there's nothing that ever happens to somebody who steals. They will catch you. One day will be for the owner. (laughs) Some of you will catch that. Every day is for the thief. One day, they say that there's a time that the chicken, the fowl, will go to the market. He won't return. One day, no matter how much you pray for the grace of the almighty God, sometimes you can... It's in the Bible. He says, do not frustrate the grace of God upon our lives. You can't do that. You can't keep talking about your boss. Arranging meetings behind his back so that you can absorb him and take his position. Somebody came to me one time and said, what do you think we should do about this person? I, I said... That they do not want to, they don't want to invite that person to something that they're doing. And I said, I agree with you. Yeah. That would teach that person a lesson. I dropped the phone and immediately, my wife was there. I picked up the phone and I said, have mercy. It went against my the grain of my feelings. I knew I had just assassinated somebody. And I said, you know what, I think you should invite the person. So I said, because if you don't invite the person, you will kill their self-esteem totally. But I don't feel like it. I said, neither do I. But I know this is the right thing to do. And they invited the person. And until today, the person knows no wiser. Still walking around like a peacock. Proud in themselves, but had no idea that everything about them was about to finish just based on somebody's statement. Don't, don't try to take other people's position when it's not your time. God has your blessing. He's got your name on it. And no matter how many people want what you, God has given to you, they can't take it. Number two, stop. How do I become very patient? Stop walking to make things happen before their time. Don't do that. When you labor to bring something to Bath before it's time, it won't succeed. Ask Abraham and and, and Haggai and Abraham and Sarah out of what they produced, which was an Ishmael. Guys, I'm begging you. Many of you are doing too much when it's not your time. Stop trying to promote yourself. Stop trying to shine before your time. Stop struggling to build on your own reputation. Because at the right time, God says, I will make it happen. God has a right season. Prayer does not work for those who want to operate on other people's timetable. You've got to be patient. If you're going to build anything that will last, you've got to be patient. You've got to be patient with the things that you're going through. And then the Lord God will start to expand that. I'm I'm talking to someone. You may not be in the position where this is relevant for you right now, but you're going to have to start to um, um, acquire that kind of spirit and knowledge right now so when you meet it, you know it's going to take time. Maybe it's only going to be one person that will press that love button on your Instagram. Thank God for that one person. Maybe it's only 10. Thank God for that 10 10 people. But you've got to really start to be patient in how God is dealing with you. And sometimes you've got to even be patient in relationships. It could be a mentor to a mentee. You've got to be patient. Because if you're not, we will always kill what God is doing. Because when God says, I'll give you 40 days, the children of Israel took them 40 years. And out of impatience, some of them died in the wilderness. Number four, let me give you number four. So if we go back, we'll understand that to build right, you've got to recognize the master builder. You've got to recognize the pattern of the master builder. You've got to, number three, retain the virtue of patience if you're going to create anything that will last or outlast you. And number four, this is a big one. You've got to resolve to last the distance. You've got to resolve to last the distance. It means be resilient to be somebody you must last. To be somebody you must last. Let me ask you a question. What are you committed to? My my, my wife said this in prayer, the grace to finish. What are you committed to? Bro, there's so many guys that just talk. Wow, I shut my ears to cheap talkers. What, what are you committed to? Can you last the distance? Do you have what it takes? You hear me say this every single time. It's, it's, it's punctuated in most of my sermon that the road to success is lonely. Can you last? Can you last? Do you have what it takes to last? The only secure walk to greatness is your commitment and resilience. Remember, you don't buy a life. You build a life. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Thomas Edison, how many times did he have to go over it, over it and over it and over it and over and over it before he got the light bulb? It was People who resolved that I 'm going to last the distance, many people don 't last the distance, their marriage don't last, their relationships don't last, their business don't last. You go to school, you don't last. you you, you try something else, you don 't last. everything is start and stop and start and stop and start to stop aren 't you tired of telling people "Oh i 'm going to do this," and everybody just smiles like?" Hmm? And you're tired. They won't stay in the church. You won't last. And lasting the distance doesn't mean that everything works out well. You've got to have the tenacity and the resilience to keep going through it. Success is the... Listen to me. Success is the sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. Can you last... Can you last? Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. Let's go there quickly. The Bible says, For you have need, see, see those two words together? You have need of what? Patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising. Without compromising. And this is what we're seeing. To keep that scripture up there. Without compromising. There are Too many people who say, Lord, Lord, but compromise. Many people do not appreciate the lordship of Jesus. Many people may sound Christian, but they're not lasting being Christians. He says, do not compromise. What are you doing? That is a compromise. He says, so that when you have carried out the will of God you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. This is where many people lack. Because the Bible says that even when I say this is my will, you've got to stay there long enough not to compromise. Because when you even carry out the will of God, he says you will need to stay there long enough to enjoy the fullness of his promise. To be great and to endure. This is where I'm going to stop today. To be great and to endure. I've mentioned this before to the young, to the youth, but I'm going to mention this now. To be great and to endure, you have got to have what I say a mindset of a producer. God's first blessing to mankind was to be a producer. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 22, he says, and God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Not be a consumer. He says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and let the birds multiply on the earth. He says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea. Be fruitful and multiply. God blessed them saying be fruitful and mortal. When he made man, he made man in the image of God and according to his likeness. That's the first message I preach on create to last. God wants you to be a producer, a creator, not a consumer. And I'm going to say this clearly and this affects me. Many churches, wake up, wake up, listen to me carefully. Whether you're home, drop what you're doing. Many churches, tragically, including Worship Tabernacle, have found out That we have been producing consumers and not producers. And it breaks my heart. This pandemic, this coronavirus, made it clear to me that, Ty, over the 17 years of worship tabernacle, the vast majority of people in your church that you have built are consumers, not producers. And the, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you scan around, many churches around, many pastors are having that kind of re- realization that all we have produced is producers and not consumers. We've, con- we've produced consumers and not producers. So stop! Don't, don't lie, and, and make sure that the, you do not pla- place that clip where I said we've produced producers. <laughs> If, if you make that mistake, there will be serious consequences because what we have produced are consumers. Tragic. It is during this period that I found out. P- people just want stuff. People who want to be entertained are not trained. They, they, they want to be hearers but not doers. They they, they look at church as a social outing rather than a place where they can learn and grow in Jesus. When Jesus had disciples, he called them all together. And what did he do? He says, go out and become what? Fishers of men. Go and be producers. But here we have a bunch of people who just wants to take and they're doing nothing. Over the last nine months, let me go there. There are people who are Behind this camera. What I wanted to do today is to just put darkness, shut down the camera, just die. You won't see anything at home. Those who are watching me at home. For you to realize that even during the most, the height of the virus, some people were still walking into this building and helping me to beam to you to hear the word. And many of you will still leave home, you will go on that train, you will go to work, you will go to the mall, you will go to the doctors, you will go with your friends, you will go out and have a party. But church is the last place you will go in where God has blessed you. And God says to me, and God says in the world, He says, he, in the book of Haggai, He says, You have gathered a lot and I blew it away because there was nothing of me inside of you. Wow. Many of you, I'm going to say this and I, I will drop, and you can blow whatever you want to blow on, the, on, on your social media. Many of you do not realize that God blessed you to be a blessing. No, God bless you to sit down at home in a time where even your presence can be encouraging. The people I'm seeing here are encouraging me that at least there are people who still love God. There are guys that are coming in every single Sunday, every single time to make the world happen. But we have built in worship tabernacle and all over Christianity consumer people. So when they don't like what you are giving them, they go somewhere else. But they are never an initiator. So they can't last in anything. So they get married and because they always have this consumer mentality, they want to consume the wife Jesus. or the husband. Consumed by food, consumed by sex, consumed by... If you have children, c- close their ears. Everything is a consumer mentality thing because they don't have any patience to wait. Check it out. And many say, hey, I didn't tell you to open the church. You didn't. But when the church, when there was no virus, it was the church that brought you to where you're going. Even if it was one word that you heard that changed your mind. Isn't it the right time for you to give back during difficult times? Because you will never know your friends in the time of plenty. You will know them in the time of want. God is testing many of you right now and saying the thing I gave you. Is that the thing that you're turning against him? Because we are consumer people. I'm not angry. Oh, no, I'm not angry. No. What I'm angry about is that when the trouble hits, it also comes to your doorstep. And I cannot help who God is not helping. I'm trying to tell somebody here, husbands, listen to me. I'm trying to tell you. That whatever excuse you have is what the devil is perpetrating in your minds to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. He says, I, you will, if you serve me, I will bless your bread and water. Consumers. A producer is a participator. A producer focuses on others and responds with their attitude. How can I help you? Somebody who wants to produce something in your life always comes and says, How can I help you? What can I do to make your life better? A producer walks into a home, marries and is saying to his wife, I I don't know why I'm talking to the men. Let me sit down with the men. I really don't care. I'm talking to the men. You walk and you marry someone and you're supposed to be asking your wife, How can I make your life better? What can I do? To make sure that I can produce all that God has for you. Likewise, wives also. Are you a producer or are you a consumer? The money, no account. The life, no account. We are, we don't last the distance because in our minds, it's just we need to take whatever is convenient, whatever is fine. Many people probably booked today, but it ain't. No. I can't come. What are you training your children to do to last? Because there is no God. There is no atmosphere that can be conducive for proper growth.
0: What are you teaching
1: the people around you? I think there was a time in our house, I think there was no gas or something like that. He went, we were supposed to come to church. It was cold. What are we going to do? Are we going to come to church or not come to church? If you want mine people, we can't come to church. No. Jump into the water. You know? So open the shower. Jump a bit, come out. Jump a bit, come out. What in the hole? Everything is not going to fall in line. A consumer... Let me give you some certain things. that that, that will help you. A consumer wants to get a ready-made place. than help build a place. A consumer is never a team player. A consumer is a spectator. A consumer are those who don't laugh. They will do it for a while and then they will step back. A consumer are never satisfied with what they have. A consumer mentality always leads to bankruptcy. Come next week, I will show you stuff. That's why I'm only here. The the, the man says, I'm okay now. Let me change the band, let me build bigger, bigger. God says, enough. Because He had a consumer mentality. In terms of relationships, consumer people are largely there for enjoyment and emotional satisfaction. And hence they have no consistency for endurance. You're a consumer. What if your wife is not feeling well? Do you compromise? Is the next thing pornography? Is the next thing finding a floozy or somebody else? Because we're a consumer? What if your husband can't walk? Is the next thing I'm stressed? I'm stressed. I'm stressed. Things are not going well because he can't walk for three months? Because you have a consumer mentality? And that's why you don't have any endurance? Many people talk to God about what God should do but never say to God what God, what I can do. Perseverance means succeeding because you're determined to not because you're destined to. Perseverance is is determined is a determined continuation in something with a steady and continued action of belief that occurs over a long period of time. For, 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 listen to me, for even the most talented individual, obstacles abound and failures are commonplaces. Only when a person matches talent with perseverance, then the opportunities that they come become an avenue of success. You need just ordinary talent with extraordinary perseverance and all things become attainable. Perseverance is the hard work you do after you get tired. That's what is called perseverance. Stop roaming about everything. If you focus on one thing and you persevere, it will produce results. Stick to what you are called. Be consistent. Success doesn't come from what you do occasionally. It comes from what you do consistently. How many times do you read your Bible? How many times do you actually pray? How do I become consistent? Let me give you three things and stop. Number one, fight your emotions. If you want to persevere, you've got to fight your emotions. Consistency consistency requires a willpower to achieve because consistency tends to lean towards performing even when you don't feel like it. You can never be successful following your emotions. I, I keep asking my wife, how many people attended the 6 a.m. Uh, exercise? Sometimes 11, sometimes 5 so, uh, or 8. Sometimes they're even good. Ask me, the men. I've I, I joined an exercise club. I've seen many of them drop off. One day I just asked my trainer, she does this Zoom, what's the average age of, the, of us that are doing this exercise On Tuesdays, morning, evenings, Thursdays, Saturdays, the average age is 40 years. 40. I asked my wife too, what's the average age in your group? 40. Everybody else below that, no consistency. The average age of those who consistently exercise is 40. Most of you who are 23, 24, 30, come and train with me. You will see how much disgrace will come There was a time some of them challenged me when we went away to a, to a swimming competition. Ah, They forgot that it wasn't also by power, by might, but it's also by the spirit to do, the grace to do. And it's not because I like it, I, I love it. It's a, men love exercise. Do you really love exercise? No. Some do, I don't. But I have to do it if I want to last and be consistent. It's not by emotions. It's not by my emotions that I say to my wife, "I love you every single day." Sometimes we have issues, and sometimes there are tissues. But if I go by my emotions, we would divorce. If we are going by our emotions, if you want to allow at last, you have to go against your emotions. I've seen people who have been. Sorry, I'm going to use this example. I'm 53. And I've never in my entire life, I know I'm consistent, but I've never in my entire life ever come across a man as consistent and persevering as Pastor Ife. And I'm sorry I'm using him as an example, but even as a pastor, you look at some people and say, I want to learn. What makes you, I ask one, what makes you tick? Every ah! exercise, if, he exists, if, if it, one day he were outside here, and at that particular time, he was coming a bit. And then he just said, you know what? There were many of us, I'm going to lose weight. And I said it. I said, mark this man. Once he has said it, check it out. Less than a year after that, the rest was history. And it's been history. If he tells you that at the age of 80, he will have a six pack. But take it, go to sleep, you will meet it at 80. It's, 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 it's the tenacity. It's the consistency. And it doesn't only occur in his life, but it occurs how he serves. Are you consistent? And it challenges me. I'm pastor, but there's people around, and there are other people around that I've seen that challenge me. My wife is consistent with nothing faces her. So it challenges me. It's not like tomorrow... She's off. Yesterday, uh, to the, the following day, she's high. No, 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 no. Consistent with her I When I look at her, is there something wrong? My heart starts to palpitate. Because nothing seems to be. But there was a day when something was wrong. I, 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 I went into my prayer closet. Because how? I don't know how to deal with someone who is so calm. Me. Don't, don't, can't you see me? I mean, if you're going to calm somebody else, you've got to be really, as a God, touch her. I said, what's wrong with you? I really don't know. Ah, I said, I don't know too. (laughs) But you've got to fight your emotions. Number two, you've got to focus on small improvements. Focus on small improvements. It is hard to be consistent when we tend to focus on the outcome more than the process. Focus on small ones. Most of us go into new endeavors believing that the path to our desired outcome is straight and clear. Anything worth pursuing always has a messy middle. Focus. Number four, number three, fully engage the task. Fully engage the task. Number one, Fight your emotions if you want to last. Number two, focus on small improvements. Number three, fully engage in the task. Not half-hearted. And let me, let's marry. Let me see how it will turn out. Let's try this. Let's see how it will turn out. No. Focus. Create a schedule. Every morning by this time, I'm waking up. If you ask rich people, they will tell you what they do every single day. Create a budget. If you ask rich people, it's because their outgoings is, is, is less than their income. Their spending is less than their income. Create a budget and stick with it. My wife, my wife and I's frustration. Sometimes oh, dealing with people finances, that you don't stick with it in long enough. It is just, 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 just 500 pounds, 600 pounds saving in your account, which you just started last month and then suddenly you deserve a holiday. I don't understand. You lost two pounds and then you deserve to spoil yourself. At what stage in your life? Engage in it. Save consistently. Play consistently. Love Consistently. Give consistently. Eat well consistently. Exercise consistently. Because those things that you become consistent on is those things that will make whatever you're building to last. May these things that you're building, may they not be your greatest downfall because you have not stuck with God's pattern long enough to see it through. God bless you all. let's pray father i know some people may have had offense from the things i've said but i follow in your footstep because jesus when you preached You says i am the son of god and people left and they were offended but i think it's time that we speak the truth to the body of christ right now and the first thing i attack right now is people's consumer mentality father your, your heart is crying and bleeding in how much you have blessed your people and then your people have turned their backs on you. The same gospel, God that we are preaching, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, we know that some people were burnt for it. Some people were thrown into the lion's den for it. If we are looking at, and I'm going to go there, if we are looking at a, a, a virus that you have promised that you will protect us from, how would we ever stand before Nebuchadnezzar and say we will not bow down before your God? How would we stand before uh, the, the Darius and say we will still pray to God and they are throwing us into the lion's den and we still will not deny you? How would we walk through the fire and ask you God to be with us? How would we be like Peter who was crucified upside down because he refused to deny Christ? How will we go through the whole entire history of Christianity and the things that people have sacrificed their life to give us this freedom to preach the gospel? And didn't deny it, and they were they, they, they were decapitated, they were stabbed, some of them were dragged along the streets of Rome because they refused to deny Christ. And here we are building something that is not of you. I'm asking God that we come to a place of repentance. I'm asking God that people will not judge based on the sound of my voice, but they will look into themselves and question themselves with God, just them with God, and ask, am I running after mammon, or am I running after God? Has money become the, the, are the barometer and the decision maker of what they need to do in life? When we say we give our life to Jesus, are we really giving our entire life to Jesus? Because Jesus will always ask us something that takes us out of our comfort zone. Father, let us come to a place of repentance that we will stop being consumers, but we'll be producers, we'll be helpers, we'll be way makers, we'll be champions that will lead other people, hold other people, and not be tired of people, but be a blessing to people be a blessing to the body of Christ be a testament that we can stand in church and make decorations to this virus and all over and say in the name of Jesus it will not come near a dwelling place that will hold the whole of the United Kingdom and prophesy over it and this nation will be healed Father we thank you and we bless you
0: You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, Pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.